Happy Monday to you, coaches. Welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for the men in the trenches. There is a lot going on as far as football goes today as everyone reacts to this past weekend in the NFL. North Dakota State wins another national championship in a close game over James Madison on Saturday. And, of course, all eyes will be on the Sugar Bowl tonight in New Orleans as LSU takes on Clemson for the national championship. Pair that with today being the second day of the ASCA convention in Nashville and the fact that this is episode number 42 of KYPD. And I'd say it's a full plate of football for this second Monday of 2020. You know, I, I say this every week, but I, I mean, seriously, we have an outstanding episode lined up for you today. I said it before, but my favorite way to find guests for this podcast is by referrals from other coaches. You know, guys I know will tell me, hey, you got to talk to this coach or, or you, need to, uh, you, need to, you need to check out this guy because uh, he's got it going on, is doing some great stuff. And that's how I found today's guest. Today's guest and I have never actually met face-to-face, and I, I really wasn't sure what I had when we started talking, but it took all of about 30 seconds into our conversation for me to realize that this guy's legit. That being said, I am excited for you to hear Coach Randall Joyner, defensive line coach at Southern Methodist University, on our podcast today. Coach Joyner attended Newman Smith High School in Carrollton, Texas, and from there earned a scholarship to play middle linebacker at Southern Methodist. Coach Joyner played linebacker for the Mustangs from 2010 to 2013, where he was a four-year letter winner, playing in 50 games and registering 240 total tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, six forced fumbles, and four interceptions. As a senior, Coach Joyner was a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy. Coach Joyner began his coaching career as a volunteer assistant at his alma mater for one season under Coach June Jones before he landed a GA job under Coach Norm Chow at the University of Hawaii. During the 2016-2017 seasons, Coach Joyner was a defensive graduate assistant with the Ohio State Buckeyes, working primarily with the team's defensive line. Ohio State went 23-4 during his two seasons in Columbus, highlighted with a trip to the college football playoff semifinals in 2016 and a Big Ten championship and a win in the Cotton Bowl in 2017. In 2018, Coach Joyner returned to SMU to coach the defensive ends and took over the whole defensive line at the beginning of the 2019 season. This past season was a special one for the Mustangs as they posted 10 wins for the first time since 1984 and earned a bid to the Boca Raton Bowl last month. The 2019 season was a success for Coach Joyner's guys as well as they set the single-game sack record with 10 versus the University of South Florida and then set the single-season sack record with 51 sacks this season. Getting sacks and disrupting the quarterback is exactly what we're talking about today. Plus, we'll hear about the interesting twists and turns of Coach Joyner's coaching career and the coaches who have influenced him, including a few you might have heard of before, including Coach Larry Johnson, Urban Meyer, Greg Schiano, Luke Fickle, Tom Mason, the aforementioned June Jones, just to name a few. Anyway, Coach Joyner is a coach with genuine passion that you can't ignore. And whether you're listening to this while you're driving or, or working out or sitting at home, you'll be ready to play some ball after you hear what Coach Joyner has to say. So get your pen and notepad ready and let's lean into what Coach Randall Joyner has to say on episode number 42 of KYPD. Coach Joyner, it is an honor to have you on today. Thank you for stopping by to talk with us. Oh, well, thank you for having me, man. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor. 
um, to to be able to you know talk about something I really uh, care about in, in this coaching profession and any way I can help. You know, and y'all are uh, a lot of reason for excitement over there uh, at. at... At SMU, uh, Mustangs are fresh off a, uh, off a 10-win season, their first since 1984. But before we get to all that, I, I want to back up and have you tell us a little bit about your journey through the game of football up to this point. Well, awesome, man. It's, um, it's been quite a journey, man. I've, um, you know, I was raised in a football family. I have uh, two older brothers, and they're 10 years older than me. And uh, I've been in a three-point stance since I was about three years old. <laughs> And so um, I was kind of destined to be a football uh, player and a football coach. Um, always been kind of a natural leader growing up. Um, you know, just blessed with great parents that kind of instilled that in me. I um, was fortunate enough to play for uh, Paul Ressa, uh, who's my, who was my high school coach at Newman Smith. Uh, I was kind of that typical, you know, football player, man, in terms of, you know, I wasn't the tallest, I wasn't the fastest, but you put me on the field. You know, I was you know I was fast enough, I was strong enough, and I was just a just a good football player. Um, I wasn't highly recruited. You know, I had offers coming out. Um, you know, San Houston State, and then SMU offered me late. Um, it was kind of a funny story. They offered me before my my junior or my senior year, and um, you know they offered three running backs, and two of them committed, and they only had two spots. And so I was the guy that didn't commit. And so um, about a week before signing day, um, you know, I'm on a visit to San Houston State. I'm about to be a Bearcat. My coach calls me and says, hey, don't commit. SMU wants to bring you in. Well, you know, long story short, I end up going there. And, um, you know, it was a blessing, you know, to be able to get a great education, you know, at SMU and, and the connections, the people I met there, but also play football. I played all four years. Uh, started for two. I played linebacker, uh, middle linebacker. Um, I had a great career, man. Led the team in tackles and interceptions for two years and um, was the team captain. And, you know, next level wasn't in the plans. I had some CFL stuff, uh, but just didn't work out. Um, but, you know, God, you know, always, um, you know, orders our footsteps. And I really believe that and was fortunate enough to be a volunteer assistant in 2014 at SMU underneath the June Jones. Um, the head coach, and then Tom Mason, who was the defensive coordinator and who was my position coach in college. In 2014, we only won one game, and uh, Coach Jones was let go. So um, I was exposed to adversity, you know, my very first year. Um, the following season, 2015, I was fortunate enough to follow my defensive coordinator, Tom Mason, to the University of Hawaii. I was a GA there and, and coached underneath Norm Chow. Once again, experience some adversities. Uh, adversity. We got uh, let go. Um, so my first two years of coaching, uh, I won three games and got let go twice. So wow. I was like, man, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this, man. I was 24 years old, wasn't making any money, uh, was living back home, and I was just like, man, this is this is this is tough. But um, you know, I really believe this adversity you to your your biggest blessings and i was fortunate enough i reached out to a strength coach that coached me for one year at um, smu my freshman year steve Englehart, who was at um, colorado and i just said hey steve man i reached out on facebook and i said steve man i'm really passionate about this coaching deal man i really want to do this i know it's a who you know business and i just said hey if you happen to see something could you let me know it hit me back that i was a great kid to coach if you see something let me know 
Give me your resume. Well, I remember this like it's yesterday, man. And um, it was early one morning, and I was in the bed, just woke up. No job, no nothing. Back at my dad's house. And, you know, what's the first thing you do? You usually grab your phone, right? You start scrolling on the internet. Well, I saw that a GA got hired away on football scoop uh, from Ohio State. And I was like, man, there's, should I try, you know, what's the odds of me getting this? You know, it's, they, should, they, they have, you know, thousands of resumes. But, you know, I said, man, I'm going to take a shot, man. And, and so I reached out to Steve, and Steve actually knew somebody on there. Um, he knew the quality control guy there, and he sent my resume. About two hours later, Steve hit me back and was like, hey, um, my guy just put your resume on Larry Johnson's desk. Wow. He said, you might have a, you might have a legit chance. And I'm just like, okay, we'll see, we'll see. So about a few hours later, I'm talking ball with a high school coach. I'm just, you know, catching up. I get a call from a Columbus area coach. It was Larry Johnson. Wow. And so we start we started talking for about 15 minutes. And he's like, man, I love what I hear. I, I want to set up an in-person interview. And I'm thinking in my head, man, I have no money to fly to Columbus. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I, like I said, man, God, you know, he, he truly orders our footsteps and has a plan and be coaching convention happened to be in San Antonio. And so he said, Hey, you know what? Let's meet up there. So I hopped in the car with a friend. We drove down there and um, I was ready, man. I, I was practicing my coaching philosophy and, and what I was going to say. I had my gray suit with my, my scarlet tie. I was, I was ready to go. Uh, showed up 30 minutes early. And the crazy deal was talk to coach Johnson. He didn't ask me one football question. He asked me, so what is your brand? Who are you? What do you stand for? How are you going to impact young people's lives? And I thought that was real interesting and, um, at the time. But, you know, you know, fast forward, you know, getting a job and, and knowing Coach Johnson, it was spot on. Yeah. Um, and um, so he flew me up that, that the next day because I did I rocked the interview. And, and long story short, I got the job at Ohio State. Um, so I was there in 2016 and 17. And so I go from winning three games my first two years to winning 23 games in the next, going to the college football playoffs, um, you know, winning a Big Ten championship, uh, Cotton Bowl champion, get to coach great players, get to learn from great coaches like Urban Meyer, Luke Fickle, um, Larry Johnson, Greg Schiano. Kerry Combs, and the list goes on, Ryan Day. We're just able to just sit back and soak all that up. It was unbelievable. I really learned how to teach, how to coach, how to motivate, um, how to be organized uh, and be purposeful in everything you um, you do. But still, my journey didn't stop then, man. So after 2017, I was kind of, you know, I've been there for two years at Ohio State, and I had one more year to be able to come back. And... Um, we just won the Cotton Bowl, and I'm at home, and uh, I'm from Dallas, so we're here. And um, I saw that Sonny Dice got hired away from uh, TCU. He was an analyst. Well, in 2016, this is just crazy. Um, I worked a camp as a, a GA, a satellite camp. I worked at TCU that year, and um, I got to know the D-line coach there, um, Coach Fitch there, and, and we, we went back and forth and exchanged information. Well, when I saw Sonny got hired, I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, do you have Sonny's uh, 
number. Um, you know, I'm alone. My mental health state would love to get back down there. He shot Coach um, Dice's number over there. And so I went back and forth for about, I promise you, two days if I should send a text message or not. I'm like, what's the, what's the odds? Um, but, you know, I, I was going to take my shot again. And so I said, hey, Coach Dice, congrats on the job. My name is Randall Joyner. Um, I'm a former alum, current GA at Ohio State. Would love to be in consideration for your staff. But I didn't hear nothing back for about two weeks. And so I'm like, I'm eating dinner with my uh, fiance and um, was about to head out to the convention again. And I get a text two weeks later and it's like, hey, Randall, I'd love to talk. And it's from Sunny Dyke. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> It is, right? So he said he's going to call me the next day. He didn't. He called me two days later. And um, I was actually sleeping at the time. And the guy that I was rooming with, he woke me up. You know, it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. And he was like, hey, Randall, wake up. It's Sunny Dice. So I answered the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, I hope you got to early. I'm like, oh, no, coach. I just, just got done working out. You know, I'm just <laughs> trying to make, <laughs> yeah. make something up. And, um, you know, long story short, we set up an interview, um, got the got the job. And, um, you know, in 2018, I was the defensive ends coach. Um, and then this past year, right before fall camp, our defense uh, tackles coach had a great opportunity and, and left. And so, um, you know, I was able to take over the whole D-line this year, and it's been awesome. And so I've been hitting the ground running ever since. And, you know, I tell people that story for two things, man. Um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I really believe that. Um, you know, what if I didn't reach out to, you know, Coach Steve Englehart uh, for, you know, getting to Ohio State or Coach Fitch at, yeah. you know, TCU. And the second part is you can't control when your opportunities come, but you control if you're ready or not when they come. Yeah. And I was prepared. I was taught to be prepared for every opportunity um, to be ready, to train with a purpose, always be prepared. And so, oh, man, I'm, I'm living testimony, and I just – it's a joy to be able to be back here at my alma mater. But that's my coaching journey so far, and I'm blessed to be um, in Dallas, Texas, at SMU with uh, great people and uh, great kids and great guys to coach. Coach, that, that's such an amazing story, and there's a couple things that I want to ask you about there. And First, I want to go back to – uh, when you were at the University of Hawaii, and like you said, you just yep. finished up your your second year of coaching, and and you you'd won three games, uh, and and I'm sure at that point, you know, you're just part of a, another staff that got fired, got let go, and uh, how how were you able to maintain your 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 positive mindset and just pick mm-hmm. yourself up back up off the mat there and, and keep grinding, and and were there times when you thought maybe this coaching gig is is it for me? No doubt. Um, you know, answer the first part. How did I maintain that positive mindset? I think it started. It started off with my with my parents, who instilled that. My mom is probably the most positive person um, ever, and, and that is due to her faith and then my faith. Um, just understanding who holds the future, um, and, and that's God. Um, but understanding also that um, adversity is is necessary. It is. You know, what people fail to realize what adversity is, it, it, it means difficulties. And what difficulties means, you need to exert more skill or effort to accomplish something. So adversity is just God's way, strength training for you, for his problems and his blessings. So, you know, understanding my parents and feeling that, that uh, 
in me at a young age has allowed me to respond to adversity in my life. Um, you know, just having great mentors around me, you know, I had, I had a coach tell me, man, you know what, your, your career can only go up from here, man. You've been fired twice. Yeah. Yeah. So you've kind of got to experience that. Um, but, um, also just knowing my purpose, I know this is what I really wanted to do. And I really believe, you know, to, to find your purpose is where passion and significance intersect. And I really believe that. And so I, I was really passionate about football. I love it. You know, I wake up every day and I love what I do. And, and, and I loved it then at Hawaii at SMU the first time. And I knew I was able to make an impact. So I knew this was my my calling. I was fortunate enough right before I went to Hawaii, there was a semester that I had to work in the real world, you know, and I worked various jobs. And, you know, I was, I was bringing good money in, but I was like, this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. My, yeah. The joy, the passion that I had wasn't there. So that allowed me to get through that that, that journey, that, that adversity at that time. Um, just understanding that, you know, having a vision, knowing your purpose, surrounding yourself with great people, and understanding that adversity is necessary. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, so there's no, and it doesn't discriminate. So it doesn't yeah. just say, hey, I'm just going to pick you, Randall. It, it happens to everybody. Yeah. And so, you know, understanding that and that concept and the understanding, okay, it's not why me, God, okay, what do I need to learn here? How can I get through this? How can I overcome this? And, and, and how is this going to make me better um, in the future? Wow, Coach, great stuff. And and I got to imagine that, that those experiences starting out at the beginning of your career have made – this, the, the recent success that you experienced both at Ohio State and now at SMU, that much uh, more enjoyable and that much sweeter to be able to to, to sort of turn things around in, in that way? No question. It, it really has and, and makes you really appreciative of of winning and yeah. of having success, uh, being around great people. You know, I tell my guys all the time, man, winning is hard. Enjoy. I don't care how ugly, how pretty it is. If you were fortunate enough to win at the end of the day, celebrate it, enjoy it for 24 hours, and then the next day let's move on and yeah. let's, uh, let's get better. Yeah, you mentioned you know about you can't control when your opportunity comes, but you can control how you how you how prepared you are. And and you talked about how you know you nailed your interview with Coach Johnson, and 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 through each step when you've had an opportunity come up, you've been ready. Talk about what you did to prepare yourself, because you know I'm sure you could have done a lot of sitting around and moping and, and scrolling through football right. scoop and and wondering when someone's going to call you and and wonder, man, it would be nice to have this or it would be nice to do this. But you know what did you do in those kind of dark days when things weren't so uh, rosy at the time? What did you do to to make sure make sure you were prepared? for when your moment came right awesome i think you know going back just understanding having a vision um having a philosophy um i really believe this that um i learned this at an early age that great coaches can do three things you know they can they have to be a great connector and what i mean by that is they have to be able to connect and, and build relationships and communicate um and so um, I've developed philosophy in that. Next, you have to be a great teacher, man. It's not about what you know. It's about how you can effectively communicate to your players and then execute it at the highest level. And then next, you have to be a great motivator and, and being able to coach the hearts of the players, you know, not just the X's and O's, um, and being able to develop um, internal motivation and, and having that guy that, 
comes to work and enjoys what he does day in and day out. And so I developed a philosophy. Um, I think you have to have a, a, something that you truly believe in. Um, does that philosophy change? No question. Um, so that was the first part is, is just kind of having that structure. Obviously, you have to become an expert at what you um, what you do. And so whatever your position is, um, how do you develop your position? You know, for me, with defensive line, how do you develop from the ground up? You know, what's the plan? Being purposeful and writing all this down, creating a manual. So and, and it's very organized and clear um, and concise. Um, so that you can effectively communicate that. So, um, you know, first part is, is having an overall um, philosophy. Next part is, you know, development. How are you going to develop um, your position um, and, and studying that? And so that allowed me to be, pre- uh, be prepared. Um, also, lean on coaches that have been through the process. Ask them questions. You know, right before I left, and how I say to ask every position coach, you know, some advice. You know, what what, are, what advice do you have for a first-time uh, position coach? And, and they gave me this. They said, get your guys to play hard and earn trust. They didn't tell me any specific technique or anything. And that was so critical for me, you know. And, and one thing that I do with my guys anywhere I go for the first time, I sit down with all my players individually, and I share my story, and I ask their story. And I ask them, what's their why? Why are you doing this? What motivates you? I get, and I'm peeling back layers, but I want to get to know them because if your your player is a better player than person, you didn't do your job. Yeah, he has to be a better person than player because that the the person outlives the uh, player in uh, in every situation. And so that was the biggest thing. So you know, to recap, that is have an overall philosophy, a plan to develop. You know, 365, not just in the season, um, every part of the uh, of the year, and then lean on uh, individuals that have been through, uh, you know, interview process or it, it, you know, older coaches. Man, coach, that is, that's that's just great stuff. I mean, I mean, just just vital stuff for for you know coaches who are maybe just breaking into the profession or maybe looking for the next opportunity or, or between jobs at this point. You know that's that's a whole off season. That's that's a couple of off seasons worth of stuff right there that we can be working on and and honing. And if we don't have anything, you know, set up like that yet, that, that to to jump on that. But if we do, to make sure we're you know always uh, sharpening that up and tweaking it a little bit and making it better. Because uh, yeah, so that you know, like it's like the saying, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And, no and and that sounds like that's that's what. Uh, what what you were doing and and that's what allowed you to uh, to be where you are right now. Uh, I, I want to switch gears and and sort of we want to start jumping into some defensive line stuff here and, and okay. I want to talk back uh, or go back to uh, to Coach Johnson and talk about him because you know those guys who are listening to this who are defensive line guys I mean he, he's he's up there with 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 you know some of the greatest. Uh, guys to ever do it, and and obviously you don't need to look any further than than, than the, the people he's developed. I want to talk about uh, talk about what you learned from from Coach Johnson. Uh, the only experience I really have with him is is uh, he actually flew down uh, this this season to see one of our kids, and, and I got to spend some time with him in our office there, and you know we're talking and and talking, and within ten minutes of him being there, we, we got chairs pushed back. 
and and I'm going yep. through his hand fighting progression with him, and yep. uh, he's pulling up uh, clips on his iPad and showing me clips, and his voice never got above what would be appropriate at, at the at the most the, the strictest library. You know what I'm saying? Like it was very calm no, and no. even the whole time. And we had uh, a couple people walking in and out of the office, and he never broke conversation. He just kept on talking and kept on teaching, and and I was blown away. So I just can't imagine what it would be like spending you know a couple years uh, underneath his tutelage. So talk a little bit about that and what you learned from him specifically as far as being a coach and being a defensive line coach goes. Man, wow, that's you know he's probably one of the uh, most influential. Uh, individuals I've ever been around in terms of his presence and who he is. Uh, man, I could, could write a book of all the things that I learned uh, from him and just interaction with him. And First of all, he's a, he's a great individual, great person. He truly cares about his players um, and everybody uh, around him. He is. He truly is. And so um, it, was, it was unbelievable and surreal to be able to learn from him. A couple of takeaways that I got from him was, first of all, create a brand. Um, one thing that I learned is just the new style of coaching. And so with Coach Johnson, he doesn't use any profanity. And I learned that. And I was a guy that used profanity all through my, you know, college career. I mean, that's just kind of how it, the, the football locker room was, right, and, and kind of the, the coaching style, right? And yeah. so when I got yeah. there, he didn't use one ounce of profanity and he said if I have to verbally abuse my players to motivate them then I, I, I'm truly not motivating them I'm yeah. wrong and yeah. he and don't get me wrong he's a very demanding coach very demanding he gets the best and he's hard on his, his cuss word is actually Santa Claus it was the at first it took me a while I had this <laughs> like he told me I was like man I'm gonna bust out laughing but he said it one time in a meeting and when I looked across the room the guys' faces were, I mean, pale. They were, they were frightened because he was that serious. So he's developed this where, you know, he truly motivates his players out of love. He's created a new style, a new brand in terms of his style of coaching um, and, and how he motivates his players. And I think that I've never seen a group of guys that uh, played so hard for their coach, um, you know, during my time there. Um, next is he's a great teacher, man. And the thing I love about Coach Johnson, it doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you're the intern, you're the GA, um, you know, you're an NFL coach. If you have something that's going to make his players better, an idea, a technique, a drill, he's going to use it. He's going to use it. And that was the one thing he truly valued my opinion when he asked me. And I was like, I'm thinking, like, this guy has, you know, eight to nine first-round picks. I mean, probably 50 guys in the league over his career. Like, he's going to listen to a little GA like me, and he listened. And, and, and he valued it. And so I just really thought that. You know, I really believe this great leaders can make people that are following them. They can make them feel respected, appreciated, and valued. I really believe that. And so he really did that. And then next, he was, he was so consistent and relentless of the attention to detail and everything um, he did. I mean, if you didn't do the drill right, we're coming back. I mean, just to the fine details of the stance, to, to get off, to the, the hand progression, um, you know, attacking the line of scrimmage in the run, and everything into his drills uh, was awesome. So he, he was consistent in his attention to detail. Uh, he, he didn't waver from that. And then lastly, 
he never stayed in the box. He created a new box. And what I mean by that, he was so creative in his drills. They weren't typical D-line drills. Like, he trained his his D-linemen like linebackers with the bag drills. And I'm telling you, he'll he'll make up a drill. He, he used to tell me the story. He used to keep a notepad by his his nightstand, and he'll wake up, and then he'll, he'll write a drill down that he had, he dreamed of, and he came back. And I could tell what he had because, boy, he, he used to have them, you know, He'll draw them up on the on the dry erase board, and I had to go draw them up on the computer. And I'm like, man, he was dreaming a lot last night. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but he was very creative in finding ways. And what that did with the players, it, it you know, with these guys, they don't want to do the exact same thing. Yes, you have your base philosophy of what you're training, and, and but he kept it fresh, and it, the guys loved it. And, you know, it's like, coach, what you got for me today? And, and so. Um, I really, really took that from him. And and so, uh, you know, that, those are huge uh, and big takeaways that I, um, you know, took away from him in terms of, you know, as a coach. Um, well, let's let's talk about your – we're talking about pass rush today. That's what we're going to okay. we're going to focus primarily yeah. on. Uh, so let's talk. Let's get into your philosophy when it comes to rushing the passer and, and just talk about where that came yeah. from and, and why you believe that. And and you know uh, uh, what that looks like. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm always I got this from Coach Johnson. I really believe this. I'm going to develop feet, hands, and hips. Okay, uh, in everything I do in terms of drill work. Okay, and so I'm big on um, being creative in your drills and maximizing your time. And so my whole development plan is is based off of that. Um, going into my philosophy. Okay, there's three approaches uh, or three tiers, if you want to say. Um, The first off is you have to know it's called the approach. Okay, and so in the approach, you know, as a defense lineman, I teach to my guys, you have to know the situation. Okay, and so why is this important? You know, rushing the passer on third down or two minute is different um, than first and second down because you have eliminated you know, run and pass, all right? And what I mean by that is on third down, you're anticipating pass, we're going to react back to the run. Does that make sense in yep. a third and pass situation? And so, same with two minutes. And so why is this important? We're now going to, you know, get our hips um, above our head. You know, we'll talk about that here in a second. But we're going to get our eyes to the ball now instead of the outside via the neck of the offensive lineman. We're going to keep the ball because – we're, we're trying to get that great get off, okay? That's the first part of the approach is know the situation. The next part is, and I got this part, um, something that I've kind of developed my first year, and then and, uh, it was confirmation of validity when I went down and, and uh, studied the Saints and, and talked with Ryan Nielsen. It's alignment and angles, okay? Well, my whole approach is to get a quality rush. And I got this from Andre uh, Peterson, um, the D-line coach with the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And what a quality rush is. You have to get your guys to understand this. Sacks are, yes, they're great, but you're not going to get a sack. Think about it. You know, the, the top pass rusher in the league probably had 18 sacks this yeah. year, right? Yep. 18 out of probably 600 to six uh, or 700 pass rush attempts. Think about that. What percentage do you get paid millions of dollars, right? You're you're the best in your profession, and that's the percentage yeah. of 
Yeah. So getting a sack is not um, always what you know the desired result because it's not going to necessarily happen uh, more often than not. So understanding what a quality rush is and what that is is disrupting the quarterback, whether that is getting him off the spot, getting a hit, uh, matching the hand, or changing his throwing uh, trajectory. Um, obviously, sacks and pressures, those are quality rushes. And understanding our guys are proper pass rush lanes, closing the pocket and things. So understanding what a quality rush is. So part of the, the alignments and angles is it, it sets us up to get a quality rush. And so we have, I speak on, we have two alignments and we have two angles. And what I mean by that is so we have a wide alignment and we have a tight alignment. And this goes across the board for my defense alignment. Okay. And we'll speak defense ends right now. If you have a wide alignment, you're going to be about a yard and a half to two yards outside the foot of the tackle. Okay. A wide alignment for an interior D lineman will be about a four eye. Okay. okay. The inside shade of the tackle. All right. The tight alignment is about a yard and a half a yard outside uh, the offensive tackle. Okay. For the defensive end, that's our tight alignment. Okay. Um, for the interior guy, it's about hand outside or a loose three, hand outside the foot of the offensive guard. All right. So those are our two alignments. Okay. Next, we have angles. Okay. So you can have a power angle, you can have a speed angle. A power angle is simply we're tilted. Okay. A speed angle is you're square. Okay. Your shoulders are square. And it looks like you're about to go up the field, okay? And so with that is you can have a wide alignment in a power angle. You can have a wide alignment with a speed angle. You can have a tight alignment with a power angle. You can have a tight alignment with the speed angle. And with that being said, the reason why we have that is now we're dictating the offensive alignment set, how he's reacting to us by our alignment. Yeah, angle. yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And so going into a game plan, we'll say, hey, these are the angles and alignments that we want because this is kind of how he reacts to it, okay, when we're breaking down offense alignment and when we'll go through that. And so um, we have footwork off of that, okay? And so my whole philosophy is I want to dictate his set and then get the offensive alignment. I want to see how can I get his hands and then get him in, or get him in a position that he doesn't practice where he's, um, you know, off balance, shifting his weight outside, he's top heavy. How can I dictate that? How can I get that? Okay. The next part of the approach is your stance. Okay. We're going to, with our stance, we're going to be about shorter width apart. It varies from guys, okay, how tall they are, how long they are. Um, you know, we're going to be more of a toe to heel relationship. Okay. And then I want my guys to be on the balls of their feet. And I, I say like a credit card. I can slide a credit card underneath your, your heels. I don't want it too high, okay? Um, and the reason is I want to be able to create negative shin angles, okay? Yeah. And so I can be able to, you know, like a track stance and be able to go out and, and, and take away the grass and get off the ball. I want, I want our hips slightly above the head, okay? So we can snap through our hips and we can create those negative shin angles. And then now we're going to – we're going to create uh, – we're going to keep the ball now, okay? All right? And part of that is also when you have that, I want your shoulders over your hand, and, and, and now you're really keying the ball, okay? All right? And your down hand or your ball hand, the hand that's closest to the ball, 
is down and it's aligned with your back foot. Okay. And then next is the get off. Okay. So this is part of the approach still. The last part of the approach is the get off. I want a great first step. You need to at least replace your hand. I want more. I want to grab as much grass as possible. Okay. I want, I want to close the space between me and the offensive lineman. Okay. And what happens is a lot of guys, they pop straight up and they're waiting on the offensive lineman to give them his hand, give them their hands. Right. Well, what I tell my guys is you can dictate the hands by your get off, by you closing the space. He has to do something. When you get in the area where he's going to strike or punch, he's going to give you your hands. But if you're sitting back there or hesitating, of course it's going to take longer for you to get the hand because you're not you're not in a position to where he can punch you. Yeah. And yeah. so I tell my guys, you to to get the hands, you have to take the space away. Okay. All right. And then obviously, uh, like I talked about, we're going to push off that that front foot and both our feet and and, and gain ground on the get off. All right. That's the first part is the approach. The next part is the move, okay? The move consists of feet, hands, and hips, okay? I will talk about the defensive end, base footwork, okay? And then I'll talk about the um, the interior base okay, footwork, perfect, okay? Perfect, perfect. So our, our base alignment, like I talked about um, earlier for our defensive ends, this is day one teaching, okay, is we're going to go wide alignment. So that's about a yard and a half or two yards, depending – you know, how long and, and the, you know, with your off or your defensive lineman. So you're going to be a wide and a power angle. So we're going to be tilted, okay, outside the foot of the, the tackle. We're about a yard and a half, okay. So a wide power angle. Our base footwork, okay, is what I call speed, speed, power, speed, okay. When I say speed, that means he's taking a step. All right, he's, he's at an angle, and he's going to attack what I call a third. I say attack the outside shoulder, okay? You say attack half a man to go right down the middle of the guy. So yeah, I give him yeah. an aiming point, okay? And so when I say speed, that means he's taking a step towards that outside shoulder. So he takes one speed step right after his first step. Then he takes another step, okay, which is his second speed step. Then he has a power step. And this some people call it a free step. Some people call it a jab step. This is a 45 step at the offensive lineman. His shoulder and head is coming towards that. Now, what does this do? Okay, this does two things. First of all, it gets the offensive lineman to to sit down. Okay, based off my alignment and angle, the offensive lineman should vertical set. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. And let, let me let so me let top, me cl- can I clarify something really quick? Yes, sir. When you yes, say sir. when you say vertical set uh, by meaning him k- kicking back. Are you talking also about his shoulder pads being vertical, like with the line of scrimmage, or still staying horizontal? Uh, yeah, he's still staying square. We don't okay. we don't read necessarily shoulders. Okay. 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 Uh, in terms of how some philosophies do. Yeah. Now we'll know that going in the game that hey, he turns his shoulders. He likes to yeah. stay square. Okay. And so we'll we you know if he's a turner, a guy that turns his shoulders, we'll go power and things like that. Okay. Um, but in terms of when we're going speed, we're we're not reading. Uh, the, the shoulders in terms okay. of what we're doing. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Our eyes are going to be right on his hands, right in his numbers area. Okay. okay. All right. So the power step is going to get him to sit down. Okay. To stop his feet and stop his kick. The next part of what the power step is going to do, it's going to either give me hands or not give me hands. That makes sense. Yep. If it gives me hands, we're going to go 
to what we call a side scissors. Some people call it a swipe, okay? Um, and we call it a side scissors, all right? And we'll get into more detail here on, on, in the move on that, okay? If it doesn't give us hands, we go right into a long arm, okay? So we teach two moves. Side scissors, which is our finesse move, long arm on the edge is our power rush, okay? I don't necessarily teach bull on the outside, because my guy, you know, on this level with the with the scrambling court, the guys get get grabbed and you lose contain. I like the long arm because you can have better rush transition, yeah, which we'll talk about here in, in a second, and better counters. Okay, so if he does, if he does, like I said, gives his hands, we go with a side scissors, all right, and then um, uh, if he doesn't, we go with a long arm. Key on this part of the move, the feet part is um, is the foot, the get off. Right, and then we have to keep our eyes on our target, which is the hand. Okay, all right. The next part is the hand. So we talked about it, right? If it gives me, if it if it gives me the hands, we'll talk about the sizes right now. The most dangerous hand to us is the inside hand or the hand that's closest to the ball, the offensive lineman. Okay. Some people teach swim. I don't teach swim because that exposes your yeah. your, your yeah. ribs, yeah. and those guys will punch you there. So the sizes. Yeah. Is, um, we what our what our inside arm we want to take away that inside arm and we're gonna chop right at it, all right. And we're gonna throw up at a forty five. Does it make sense? Think about it like you're swinging a golf club or a baseball bat. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you my reason why. Then we're gonna cup on the outside. We want we want to throw up and we want our thumb up. Okay. And what this allows you to do when we throw up, we want to get our outside shoulder down. What this does is allows us to get our our, our hips through. Okay. With our footwork of of passing our offensive alignment, we foot replace, and then we want to get that front foot or that foot that's upfield down. Then we want to get our back leg through. Okay, but the re- the key coaching point is to throw up because that allows you to get your outside shoulder down, which takes away that inside shoulder. Does that make sense? Because yes. when you miss or if you connect, this is the next part I talked about. Okay, so once we execute the first move, okay, and I believe this. Great pass rushers have great rush transition. And what that is, is I tell my guys, you rarely win on the first move. Yeah. It's the second, the third, and the fourth move. My guys, I tell them, you always be rushing. A, B, R. Always be rushing. Right? And so how quickly can my guys go right into the next move? Does that make sense? Yeah. Those are great pass rushers do. You know, the great pass rushes that I've been around, the Nick Bosa, the Chase Young, Sam Hubbard, the Delonte Scott, I mean, they had great rush transition. And so when we throw our side scissors, we talk about two things. Is he on your low hip or is he in between me and the quarterback? Okay. What I mean by low hip, the offensive lineman is, is slightly behind me. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, I'm able, I'm almost, I, I, I kind of connected and I'm almost able to get that back leg through. If he's on my low hip, we're going to throw a side scissors one more time. And we're really going to throw one more time. And the key is to get that outside shoulder down, take away the inside shoulder. Okay? All right? When you take away that inside shoulder, that's what they use to recover when they're when they're beaten. When they're beat. Does that make sense? Yep. So if, if the offensive lineman's on your low hip, he's, he's now he's looking to recover and get that inside shoulder and drive you by the quarterback. So we're going to take that away. Once we're able to get that front foot down and that back leg through, that's when we rip. Or that's when we wipe to clear and then burst to the quarterback. Okay? okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So if he's on your low hip, we're going to 
throw sausages one more time with my guys, okay? Okay. All right? If he's in between me and the quarterback right now, I missed. He kept kicking. I got to close with power. I have to go right into our long arm progression. Does that make sense? Yep. So now we go right into long arm, okay? We want to aim for the sternum, okay? We'll probably get the inside peck. The key on the long arm is I tell my guys I want to stab it, Okay. I want to have separation. I want to be. St- I want to um, be stiff with the, sh- the long arm. I tell them it's like a stiff arm. Okay. Now, I want to make sure my hairline gets below my hand. Okay. And then I want to accelerate up, press up, and then I want to get separation and turn my shoulders. Okay. And I want to make sure my hips are going through him, and I'm accelerating my feet as I'm going. Now, the key on all power rushes for me, right? And this is what happens is having vision and separation. Because the purpose of the power rush, yes, is to close the pocket, but the also is that we want to create a quality rush. We want to affect the quarterback, correct? Right. Okay, so right. as we're going, so my guys, now as I'm extending, I'm getting vision and separation. Okay, if the offensive lineman, okay, gives me that inside arm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right, I know the quarterback's probably about to step up. I, I see him stepping up. We do what we call we counter will. Okay, we're going to face the guy, and we're going to press that inside hand down. I don't teach necessarily spin because you lose vision on the quarterback, and you step up. So we're going to counter will. Okay? If he shoots the outside arm and he sits down, we're going to cut off of it. We're going to come off, off of it on the outside. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. And that's okay. like, like a forklift, right? Like you're going to lift forklift that, that outside exactly arm. Exactly right. Yes. You can forklift it. If it's high, if it's low, it's more like a a club or a cup off of it. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay. High, you're you're keeping high hands high, low hands low. Exactly right. And so that is, that is you know, critical on that, uh, on our long arm and, and, and side scissors. Another part on our side scissors, if we miss and he's in between me and the quarterback, and he gives me his inside hand, and he's trying to drive me by, okay, push me up the field, I know I'm at the level of the quarterback. I need a counter wheel right now. And I tell you what, I got five sacks off counter wheels. My guys missed with the first one. They counter wheel. The quarterback stepped up, and we got a sack. And, and they, it was automatic. They felt that inside arm. And so um, I'm big on learning a thousand moves. Let's get really good. I tell my guys, you're a pitcher, Okay. And so we have our fastball. Our fastball is side scissors and long arm, okay? And then we'll have some change-up, okay, some different moves that we can do that you don't do every time, but you do it in the right situation, Yeah. all right? And yeah. so depending on what that offensive lineman is and the scouting report going into it. Yeah. Okay, so those are our two moves. And then um, the next part of the move is called your hips. And this is big when we throw up. I'm big on, you know, some people teach hip flip. I don't teach a hip flip. Uh, it's more of a foot replace. I hate to say this word. It's it's, it's very similar to a crossover, okay? All right. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. hips are still facing the offensive lineman. Um, but the key is we want to get that front foot or that outside foot down, okay? So then we can get the back foot through or the inside foot through after we, we foot replace, okay? And, that, and we train that. Um, also, the last part of my philosophy is what I call the finish. Okay, so the first part was the approach, the second part was the move, the next part is what we call the finish. And the finish consists of once I beat the offensive lineman, I have to have a burst. 
and want to burst it, now I'm able to get that back leg through, uh, being offensive, I should see a change of speed. I tell my guys, if, if I'm on the film, it should look like I'm, I'm pressing fast forward. You are jumping off the tape. I mean, you've done all this hard work. You know, you're defending the run. You're earning the right to rush the passer. You need to burst to the quarterback, okay? And your eyes are going to be on the upfield shoulder if you're the defensive end, okay? All right? When you burst, all right, the next part is I don't want sack. I want a sack fumble. So we're going to attack the throwing elbow, okay? So we see the ball. We're going to – if the quarterback doesn't see us, and we see the ball, we're gonna we say tackle the football. We're gonna we're gonna attack the the crease where the elbow is. And if we miss, I want to white. All right. And the key on this when you're attacking for the sack fumble, I don't want to secure the tackle first and then attack the elbow because yeah, yeah. what would the quarterback do? He's gonna tuck the ball. Right. I want to hit at the same time. Yeah. Okay. All right, does that make sense? Yep. And then Obviously, we, we, we want to change the game and get the ball back to the offense. A great defense. You know what they do? They score. Okay? And then the next part is if we can't get to the quarterback, we're going to match the hand. Okay? And what that is, some people call it mirror the hand. The key coaching point on this is if it's a right-handed quarterback, you're going you're gonna to match the hand with your left hand. And when do you match it? You're going to accelerate to like you're getting a sack until how do you know when the quarterback – the ball hand off the ball right yep yep and so hand off the ball is his delivery key once you see that my guys will match the hand with one hand the key coaching point you don't jump you're continuously pursuing the quarterback and you're going to match the hand until the hit okay which our target area is where the numbers is uh and we want to hit with our shoulder and have our eyes to the sky okay and so that's my pass rush philosophy to recap that one more time the approach the key on that on the approach, you know the situation, alignment and angles, stance, get off. The next part is the move, feet, hands, hips. And then the finish is burst, sack, fumble, and match the hand. Yeah, yeah. I want to back up really quick, and, and I apologize because yeah. I'm burning up a notepad here uh, right, yeah. <laughs> writing this stuff down. And I missed – I think I missed a little bit on the counter wheel. You know, you're talking about yeah. when uh, that, that, that offensive lineman has is, is between us and the quarterback – uh, we either missed with the side scissors, or um, he's recovered with the inside with the inside arm, and now they're attempting to run us past the quarterback or whatever. So the counter wheel, I'm taking. I, I'm going to walk this through. Walk what I what I at least think that you said, and then I, then you can correct mm-hmm. me. I'm taking my inside arm, and I'm and I'm knocking down his his inside arm. I'm I'm holding that down like like between his wrist yep. and elbow. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, don't you know? I wouldn't get too. Um, all it is is a, it's a wheel motion and i want to press his arm down back to his body i got you does that make sense yeah and the yeah. key part is is having vision because the quarterback is stepping up all right so you're yeah. going to use both hands you're going to plant your foot you're going to counter and open towards the quarterback does that make sense yeah and then have this he's trying to drive you by the quarterback yeah we, we're at we're at the depth of the quarterback i got okay? you i got you Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, and and here's another question I have for you. So when they're, uh, you know, you're doing the progression is is speed, mm-hmm. speed, power, speed. Is that correct? Did I say that yes. right? Correct. Okay. So that means that my power step then is with my outside foot. Is that correct? 
No, it will be with your inside foot. Okay. So if so, I have, so if I'm rushing you, with my inside yeah. foot back, I'm taking my first step. Speed. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I had to. Yeah, you're right. Yes, sir. Yeah, speed yep. is with my mm-hmm. inside foot. My second speed is my outside foot, and then my power step is with my yeah. the second step with my because inside ball, foot. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Your ball hand is down, and your ball yeah. foot is back. Okay. Okay. If you're if you're in a, a three four, and your outside linebacker has his inside foot up. Yeah. Okay. You've already taken your first speed step. Does right. that make sense? So yep. you just go speed to power. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, let's talk about intern uh, interior. Okay. Our base footwork. Okay. okay. So. Our base alignment is we're going to be a, we're going to be a um, a speed type, okay? So we're going to be a, a, like a loose three hand outside of foot. All right, we're going to show a speed, um, you know, square, and then we're going to go power step right now, okay? So we go power to speed right now. And there's a couple things, the reason why we do that. First of all, our we stunt a lot, okay, in terms of slant movements and things like that. And that, that's another thing that plays in, you know, when you take that power step, uh, you know, interiorly right now, um, that offensive lineman thinks you're slanting inside. Yeah. Because it's a 45-step, right? Does that right. make sense? So his whole yep. world, you know, when, and then you add in your pass rush games and all that, his whole world, now everything is, is looking the same. And, and that's awesome. And that's what you want. And so – um, there's different types of sets that you can get. You know, like I said, this is just our base footwork. We have different footwork that goes with our alignments and angles. Um, like I said, we'll need probably three or four episodes. But um, it's very <laughs> simple for our guys um, and very natural. Um, we'll never carry, you know, all this. You know, this would be specific to game plan. Um, but I'm just going over our base day one teaching. So we'll go power step now. I want to try to cut that angle now. I want to get him to stop his feet. Okay, and there's a couple things why because when you go base, pass rush, rush lanes, right? Your defensive ends have the uphill shoulder, correct? Yeah. And then you have your interior uh, defensive lineman. They, I say, you have the inside number of the quarterback. Okay, and then we want to close the pocket. All right. Now, with the interior, they got to do a little bit of. They got to understand how to read the slide side and know they're on the man side. Okay. Right. So imagine here if you if you got a three technique. All right, and a two eye. So we'll talk about our three techniques, okay? So he's going to take this power stuff, all right, to get the guard to stop his feet, all right? And then we're going to go side because if he doesn't, we'll go power, okay? Okay. So he's responsible for the inside number of the quarterback. Now, if that guard oversets me and gives me what I call slide hand, which is that inside hand, he's sliding, I know I'm on the slide side. Yeah. So now I I have to counter right now and work towards the center. Yeah. Okay. If that makes sense, if we're yep. just talking about base, uh, understanding the slide, okay? If I'm the two-eye, if that guard comes down to me, I know I'm on the man side. Right. Okay, so for everybody to understand, slide side is, is you know, the, the tackle, the guard, and the center sliding, and then the man side, uh, the, the guard and the tackle are man on those two defensive linemen away from me. Right. Okay, so if he's coming down on me on, as a two-eye, I need to cross face towards the outside to balance the rush and get back on my track, okay? Um, understand. So that's why at a three technique, we go power first. That helps them see the slide hand uh, and understanding that. Um, if he doesn't give me hands, we can go power. Uh, now now we have different stuff when we get in different front, you know, how they see it. If I'm a three technique, how do I understand I'm on the on the man side? So I tell them, it, now if that guard's setting, you know, on my inside number and he's not really over, so I'm on the man side, 
I know I got to win now. If I don't win now, I have to counter. Yeah. Okay. At a point. Does that make sense? Because I, yeah. I need to work towards that inside number. Yeah. All right. If I'm on the two, the two eye side right here and that guard, I get that hand of the guard and he's sliding away from me and that center's on to me. I'm working towards the center because I'm on the slide side. Yeah. All right. So that's ways that we do that. And that's interior. Like I said, we have different alignments too. When we get in our split threat, our double yeah. threes um, and how we do that. Um, but, you know, we still teach sizes. So one thing I do change on the inside with our power rush, I allow them to do bull. I say two to one. So I want you to start with bull hand, two to, all right, key on the bull hand. I want to strike with the palm of my hand. I want, I want to get inside the numbers. I want to make sure I accelerate and get separation. Then we can go two and then we're going to go to one. We're going to go to, we're going to separate. All right. So we can come off of it. And then we have the same progression whether he gives me the outside hand or the inside hand with our long arm. Yeah. So yeah. I do allow that on the inside. Okay. And, and let me let me go back to something because I want to make sure I have this correct, and especially for, for, for guys who are listening, I want to make sure they have this down also. And um, So you talked about if I'm the two-eye and I'm on the man's mm-hmm. side and I feel that center working away from me, that so you, right. you're, you're coaching that guy to cross the guard's face into the B-gap? Yes. It, it, it's passed. Yeah, yeah, so right. You, gotta, right. You, you, you have to play your gap first and understand, you know, now it's passed. You feel that guard coming down. I give them freedom to cross that face. Okay. All right. And then if they don't win now, what do they have to do? They got to what? Yeah, got to pocket. Yeah. Because he's, respo- he's responsible for that inside number. Yeah. So I, I guess my question would be, wh- why would why would he not just, if the center's leaving him and he's, he's lined up inside shade of that guard, why would he not – replace where the I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is well now that I'm, I'm working it through my head it makes sense because if he goes towards the yeah. center he's going to get washed down and now like yeah, you said open exactly yeah, he's, he's going to get washed to the slide yeah. side and now uh they're losing rush contained and 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 like you said the rush didn't bounce up all right so see that's all I needed to do yeah. Actually, I just needed to talk yeah. myself through it and now it makes sense so okay yeah, sir. um all right well so You've, you've mentioned, you know, looking at offensive linemen and knowing what they're going to do and, and understanding what, what kind of guys they are. And so when you're when you you have all this stuff in place. And so when you're watching offensive lines, you know, of upcoming opponents and you're looking mm-hmm. at them as a unit, whether they're slide or, or you know, whatever, uh, maybe they're big on big and they insert back. Um, you know, what are you going through? And, and, and based on what they're doing, how does that determine you know, what you guys are going to do and how does that change each week based on how those guys are, are blocking you? Without, you know, giving away the whole bag of things, but just talk talk about that process of just breaking down offensive lines as far as pass rushing goes. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's fair game, man. I'm, I'm all about helping whoever. Um, first thing I do is um, I chart the protection, okay? And how we do this is um, the first number tells me how many uh, are in the protection, so... Um, I put a five or a six or you know, seven. And then the second number tells me, did the center go? And I char- I have different areas. Really, I, I just care about it. it's a five-man, six-man, or max, okay? Then I care about, okay, where's the center going, okay? All right? Is it is it what we call jet, where you have a slide and a man side, okay? Or is it full slide? All right? I, I need to know those things. So let's talk jet protection, where you have – uh, a slide side, right? You have the tackle, guard, and center, and then you have the man side, right, with just the guard and the tackle, okay? The key is, uh, are, are they sliding away from the back? Are they sliding to passing strength? Are they sliding to the three technique? 
I want to know how, where they're sliding because I want to know where the man side is. Okay. Cause that's where you want to run your games. That's where you want to put, you know, your best pass rusher. Um, you know, my whole philosophy is I want to create as many one-on-ones as possible. Okay. So when I'm charting that and I'm going in and I'm talking to our defensive coordinator and I'm saying, Hey man, you know, they're, they're a, a six, uh, you know, they six man protection. Their main protection is jet. Um, they, you know, 80% of the time they're sliding away from the back. The man side is to the back side. Well, we know, Hey, how we're going to set our games. We want our games for the man side. So we're going to set our front and our games and call our games off of that. Yeah. You know, and blitzes and things like that. So that's the biggest thing. And the next part is, okay, if I can't figure out the rhyme or reason of how they're doing it, okay, so how can I create one-on-one, right? right. Well, I can create uh, one-on-ones by covering everybody up, right? Whether it's a bear structure, right? You know, mug a linebacker up, whatever it is, you know, are they going to match it? If they match it, right, or well, 5-0, that's five one-on-ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And so – um, you know, if we can't do that, we'll come with a, a bare structure if we can't dictate it, okay? All right? And so now we've created one-on-ones, and we'll, we'll go through that way. Another way is we'll load a side, right? So we'll put three defensive linemen towards the side. And, and a lot of times is we'll figure out, okay, who's the who's the fish? Who's the worst offensive lineman? We're going to load away from them. I'm going to put my best pass rusher on that guy, and then I have three guys. Now I'm forcing them to slide. If they don't, then we'll run our games to that side. If they're not sliding that way, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're outmatched. Or yeah. we'll bring a blitz to that side. Or we'll load one side and come four weak with a blitz. So my whole deal is, okay, where, how can I dictate the slide? How can I create one-on-one? Where's the center going? Who's their worst offensive lineman? All right? And then how can I get my best pass rusher in that in that situation? Yeah. Um, also, so, so when I'm charting that, and it's simple, man, uh, I'm big on, you know, I'll, I was, you know, with these computers these days, man, and, and being fortunate enough to be a GA, man, we have to break down all kinds of things. And, uh, so that's how I learn. So I, I, I leave that to me. And I'll, I'll, what I do is um, I'll go in and say, what's the cutoff on third down? Okay, is it third and four plus? That's, you know, and, and what the Tennessee for me, 80% pass, okay? All right, or is it 35 plus? What's the cutoff? And then um, – I chart their protection. And I, what I do is, is simply have a column for, okay, the center's uh, away or to the back. Or I'll put a T or a, or a in that column on that play, okay? Yeah. I have another column that says, okay, did he slide to the three technique or the two eye? All right? I'll have another one, did he slide to the passing strength or away from him, okay? Or away from the tight end or to the tight end, okay? And so understanding that, and then I chart it, and then – you know, you can once you do that, you chart 50 plays, you can quickly stat it, um, and then you get all this information, and you look at it, and obviously I'm looking at it. So for in terms of protection-wise, you know, that's my philosophy. I want to create as many one-on-ones as possible. I want to find out the slide side and the man side, and then I want to find out who's the worst offensive lineman, pair my best pass rusher on him, and, it was, and, and, and go off of that and structure my games and blitzes and, and pass rush plan off of that. Now, when we're talking individual offensive linemen, okay, um, we start talking about, and we'll chart this, how they set towards, you know, certain alignments, you know, towards a wide alignment, a power power angle, a speed alignment, tight angle, and we'll we'll look at that, okay? And what I do is, and I, I encourage everybody to do this, create a set tape. 
for your uh, defensive lineman. What that is is, is you know, some good plays with, uh, you know, uh, how the offensive lineman does. So take the tackle for a second, the left tackle, okay? This is how he sets versus this alignment. Just have a few plays of that. This is how he punches. And we'll talk about that. My deal is hand delivery. How does he deliver his hand? Okay? And we'll talk about the different types here in a second. Okay? Um, does he turn his shoulders? All right? Does he set square? What 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 determines that? And put those clips on there so you guys can see and Do that for every offensive lineman. And do a, a write-up. Okay? This is what he's good at. This is his strengths. Okay, and and give that to your guys. And the next is create a rush plan. I create this template, and you know anybody that can, that wants to email me, I can send this template. I'm I'm all for that. And what it has is it has DNs on one side, D, uh, excuse me, the offensive tackles on one side, and then the interior guys on the other side. And it's their picture, and then it has best move, um, change up move, right? And then it has a note area where they can write notes down. And so now we're going over this set tape, and I'm saying, hey, this is the best move. We want to go side scissors here, or we want to flash the long arm to a side scissors to get his hands. We want to go with our changeup. We want to go with our chop club rip here because of this is a great changeup on him, or speed rip because he turns his shoulders. Um, this is a great changeup. All right, we want to go straight power with this guy because he doesn't give hands. He's kind of a, a, a riser or low-rising hands. We want he's giving his, uh, a, our chest. So now, like I said, I tell my guys, you are a pitcher. And I tell my guys, use history to write history, right? So you're in the game. This is what I gave him. Is he giving me – is the plan going accordingly, right? And uh, so if he's starting to give me hands or not giving me hands, we have to use what we did to to, to write history. And so my guys got to understand, okay, I have my fastball. I have my sizes and long line. Okay, I need to hit a change up here. Okay, and understanding that on, on each rush to, to get that quality rush. So um, to recap that one more time, the biggest thing is when I'm breaking down is I'm looking how they set and respond to different alignments and angles. Okay, do they turn their shoulders? Okay, um, are they setting square? And then how can we get their hands? And so let's go into the different types of how they deliver their hands. Okay, I have four types. All right, and I have a uh, I have a chart too, and it shows my guys, and, and they get a feel for that. The first one is a puncher. Okay, this is a guy he, he keeps his hands right by his numbers, right tight hands, and he's going to punch straight out. All right, he's going to punch straight out towards the offense or to the defensive line. Okay, and the best moves to go with that, I tell my guys, is side scissors, or we can flash the the long arm early to to go to side scissors again, and then change ups can be our chop club rip or a cross chop, okay? Guys are going to give our hands, and it's going to be at our – and part of that being a puncher, understanding, okay, is it – is he shoot his hands high or is it more at my chest, okay? That makes sense? Yep. All right? The next part is what I call a clamper. So this is a guy that you should probably – he his hands start at the waist, and, and they're wide, and they come kind of in, like yeah. I'm giving him a hug. Yep. Right? So – these are why. So you got to understand. You got to study these guys, and I make these cutouts for my guys to understand that. All right, if if this guy's that he's exposing his chest, so we're gonna go a power move. We're either gonna go two to one. We're gonna go long arm. We're gonna go long arm cut. Okay. Also, if he if he's a clamper and turns his shoulders, our changeup is a speed rip. Okay. Um, and so he's already 
turned his shoulders and gave us the edge, we're going to go right into a rip and rip high because he's already turned. So we're able to get our, our front foot down and our back leg through. Does that make sense? Yep. And he's already turned. And then we can um, take the rip out, come with the club, etc. But those are the best moves is the long arm, long arm cuts because he exposes his chest. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then change up to the speed rip. The next is what I call a riser. Okay. So he has low hands, right? Once again, he and he kind of rises up. Right and kind of rises. All right, great move. Right, once again, it's a power move. So we talk about that is is a long arm, long arm cup, change ups or speed reps. So just understanding how we get the hand right, or how does he deliver his hands when he when we get in his area of striking. Okay, all right. Next is the alternator. This is this is kind of a, a, a new way, and I'm studying the some people independent arms. Okay, this is a guy that. Shoots that outside arm, he might bait you, right? And, and he shoots that outside arm, and then he comes with that inside arm, right, right there to kind of ride you on the hip. Yeah. Our big yeah. deal is what we, what we call the outside thigh scissors. Okay. So we're going to instead of aim for the inside arm, we're going to aim for the outside arm. Now, we're probably not going to do a power step because we really want to keep uh, attacking that third and that outside shoulder. Okay. A changeup could be a long arm cup, and then. Or excuse me, the next move will be a long arm cup, and then our changeup will be a chop club rip. Okay, and that's what I call an alternator. So one more time, puncher, clamper, riser, alternator. We study that. And so it, it, just go back and look at it. Yeah. When you yeah. study your offensive lineman, like, okay, how can I? Well, when that D lineman gets in the striking distance, how does he deliver his hands? Also, with that, when we're pairing our footwork with this and our alignment, is okay. Does a power step give us hands? Okay, is it just a, a speed rush? Does that make sense? Right. Is it coming tight? How can we, the different types of sets, you know, and, I, and what I say, you know, I try not to overcomplicate it with my guys, but, you know, you want to inform it. You know, you're either going to get a jump set, right? That's usually from your tight alignment. That makes sense? Yep. Or a 45 set, okay? So he's kind of 45 in that angle, all right? Or you're going to get a vertical set, right, from your wide alignment, Okay. And so that's what I kind of tell my guys. And think of it as a path. We have a path to the quarterback. Once again, the the for the ends, the upfield shoulder, right? Yeah. Interior, yeah. inside number. Now, the guy can cross your path, right? We have a move. We have footwork. But we're also going to react to that. And we're going to be a football player, right? If he, he oversets me, I give my guys freedom, depending on if they're to the field or boundary, to be able to come underneath. Um, interior, understanding slide side and man side. So there, there's paths in there, okay? It's not a perfect world, um, but these are our footworks uh, based off of our alignment. Angle. This is what we're anticipating, um, but also we're going to be a football player and, and, and react also, um, and you have to train that too. And like I said, we have different footwork, but our base footwork that we talked about, that's day one install, and that's, used, that's all I taught the first year. This second year I had a, a, a veteran group, and they grasped it, and we're able to go to different uh, alignments and angles and um, different change-ups and different footwork because they really understood that, um, and and it was really good. And yeah. So um, that you got to understand your 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 group. You know how what can they handle? Um, you know, just my whole deal is get good at, at, at two moves and, and have a change-up, or you know have a have a fastball and have a change-up. You know what I mean? And get right. those guys to be able right. to play fast and play confident um, is, is a big deal. I would imagine that, you know, t- teaching all these guys this, this language, like having, uh, having 
de- defined terms for uh, when you're breaking down these offensive linemen. You know, as you're all mm-hmm. watching the film, I'm sure as as these guys get used to it, they're probably calling out what those guys are before you can. Yep. You know, like, hey, coach, look at this no guard. Doubt. He's he's a puncher or he's a clamper, and all they have to do is say that, and everybody knows. Okay, he's a clamper. That means this, this, and this, and this. Or he's a riser. Exactly. That means this, this, and this. And then, then it, then it makes it really simple. And, and now you've you've kind of put that you've put that on your guys to now they can watch it and they can see it. And you don't even have to be with them necessarily. And they go, okay, hey coach, I've been watching. And this center, you know, he he he's a he's a big time uh, puncher or cl- or whatever it might be. And, and so then that that allows y'all all to be on the same page and speak the same language when it comes to that. Exactly. And I think that's critical. You just said it speak the same language. I mean, football is its own language. You know, your yeah. technique is its yeah. own language, right? Everybody understands what we're saying right now because why? We're speaking English. Everything's clearly defined. That's the same thing. You know, never assume yeah. they know. Clearly define it. But break it down to its smallest details and very simple. I learned this from um, Coach uh, Greg Shiano. He's an unbelievable coach and, and a great teacher. Kids do not learn in sentences. They learn in sound bites, right? Short uh, yeah. bursts of information. So, you know, what I, I try to do, and this is, you know, this is why I do this with my whole defense, everything. I try to break it down to its smallest pieces and try to explain it well enough in the least amount of words. And I want to give them buzzwords that trigger in their mind. Doesn't have to be complete sentences, but what does, how does it completely describe what I want in the least amount of words with buzzwords that allow them to remember that? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's critical. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're teaching, and um, like I said, I, I have unbelievable, um, you know, just experience of learning from some great coaches about, yeah. you know, how to teach yeah. and um, training the thought process. And like I said, that. That's a whole other podcast we can get into. Yo, yeah, well, well, I, I, as we as we get ready to to sort of land this thing, coach, and there's, I, I'm telling you, I'm filled, I've, I've filled up a, a notepad here of, uh, of writing all this stuff down, and and um, you know, this is this is uh, airing the 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 first Monday of the AFCA convention, and, and coaches, I'm telling you, if you're not there in Nashville today. Uh, this is just as good as anything that you're going to hear there in, in Nashville, uh, checking out this episode and, and listening to Coach Joyner because it's just been great stuff today. But I want to put you on the spot a little bit. I had some wrap up questions, and I know you saw those before I, uh, before you know, before our conversation. But I'm, I'm throwing you for a loop here. But I know you're going to be ready because because we already talked about it, and and uh, so I know you're going to be ready for this. And so here's what I want to I want to ask you. I want to ask you the same question that 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 uh, Coach Johnson asked you in that in that interview at the AFCA convention a few years ago, because uh, I'm curious as to what you say, because I'm not sure what, if I know what I would say. What's your brand, Coach? That's awesome. I, I love that question. I I do this with my guys. Man, I want them to – I have them define themselves in three words or three phrases. And so here's my brand. The first one is what I call earn your EST. And what that is is the best – version of you and everything you do so when you add the est to the inner word okay it brings it to its highest form that means there's nothing equal to or greater than that word right for example you have fast faster and fastest and so um in everything i do i want to be the greatest version of me and i I preach that to my guys i don't care if it's uh we're playing noon ball basketball if we're we're doing a podcast I'm teaching a freshman, I'm teaching a senior, I'm talking in front of somebody. 
if it's not the greatest me, then I shouldn't be doing it. If yeah. it's not my best. And so I really believe that. So the first one um, of my brand is earn your ESP. Second is what I call conquer the moment. And this is when purposeful training meets opportunity. Like I said before, man, um, you can't control when your opportunities come, but you control if you're ready now when they come. And, and part of that is is having a plan, having a vision, writing it down, um, being concise, knowing where you want to go, um, training with a purpose in everything you do. Why, why am I doing that? Asking why, asking questions. Um, and so you're ready when that opportunity comes. And then next is, is what I call one heartbeat, man. And that's simply uh, being it, loving everyone and having a, a passion um, for what you do and being all on the same page. And, and I want people to understand anytime they talk to me, man, that, that dude loves what he does. He, he's very passionate. He cares um, for, for one another. He cares for how I feel. Um, he, he, he's empathetic. Um, and, and so um, that's my brand. That's who I want to be for every day. Uh, my mindset when I come into work, I want my, my words, my actions, my thoughts to align in that. Um, and, and that's who I am. Just to recap that, to make sure these guys heard that, that the first one, number one, was earn your EST, meaning greatest, uh, fastest, strongest. Uh, is that I got that one right? Is that is that correct? Right. And then so, uh, so just the greatest, greatest you in everything you do. There you go. There you go. Let me write that down. Greatest you in everything you do. Second one, uh, conquer the moment. Have a plan. Have a vision. And then finally, one heartbeat. Yes, sir. That's it. Okay, Coach. Well, uh, a couple more things, and then we'll get you out of here. This is so. So now let's. We're going to get into something a little bit lighter, and this is just to give your opinion on something. Tonight, uh, as as we are, um, uh, as this the day of this is airing, is the day of the uh, college national championship. I'm sure you'll be watching the game there in Nashville. Uh, who you got in in, in tonight's game versus in, in the battle of the Tigers between LSU and Clemson? <laughs> I'm gonna go LSU, man. Got my guy uh, Joey Burrow. Was at Ohio State when I was there, yeah, man. Toughest yeah. dude I've ever been around. Um, I think they're a complete team, man. They can uh, they can run the football, they can throw it, um, they can stop the run, and, and they have athletes everywhere. And you're telling me you're giving uh, Dave Aranda forty something points to play with, uh, man. Um, and that's no discredit to, to Clemson. I think they're a great program, also. But I, I'm going with LSU on this one. Okay, there you go. Uh, last one, Coach. This is a segment that we, we started just uh, uh, in, in 2020 with our, with our new episodes that we have coming out this year, and that is just a, uh, a closing segment, segment where you can shout out some coaches and, and recognize some guys who maybe don't always get the spotlight or the attention that maybe they deserve. And so go ahead and, and take a couple moment, moments and shout out some guys uh, that, that are either on your staff or, or not, maybe guys you've worked with in the past, but shout out some, some coaches who are doing a great job uh, you know, motivating kids and coaching up kids. Awesome, man. Um, I, I had the great pleasure to be able to work with some great people um, and being part of the support staff. I understand that, being a volunteer and a GA. And so there's a couple guys I work with at other places, and then I'll shout out our staff on the defensive side. First one is Nick Sharp. He's a GA at Toledo. Worked with him at Ohio State. Um, great young coach. Um, you know, knows ball. Works hard, and he's, he's awesome. The next one is Matt Turn. He's a QC at Ohio State. Man, one of the hardest working dudes I've ever been around. Unbelievable um, knowledge, football, and, and kids love him. Uh, next is Brian Mason. He's a special teams outside linebacker coach at Cincinnati, man. Another great guy that I work with at Ohio State. 
um, that just loves ball and um, just a great coach. And then for here on our staff, on the defensive staff, I think we have an unbelievable uh, group of young coaches um, and, and support staff. Riley Christie, who's a GA, um, does an unbelievable job of keeping us organized, coaching his tail off day in and day out. Um, he's going to be a rising star. Uh, Stephen McClure, um, he's a GA. He works with me. Um, he's a he's a bright, bright, bright um, young coach that's going to be a real star in here. Works his tail off. Uh, Blake Brockemeyer, he's a QC. He works with me also. He does an unbelievable job. Uh, wealth of information. Um, played in the league and was All American at Texas. Offensive lineman. Um, just kids love him, man. He, he's awesome. He's another great one. Josh Creech is a QC. He works with our linebackers. Another great guy um, that does an unbelievable job for us and, and works hard. And then Casey Petrie, he just left us this year going to Cal Poly. I'm um, going to be coaching tight ends and special teams. He's a, he's another bright young coach that's going to do an amazing job. And so I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with these guys and I'll be able to learn from them day in and day out. And they make my life easier. And, um, but most importantly, they're great friends. Um, and great individuals to be around. Well, Coach Joyner, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I want to, want to thank you so much for uh, agreeing to uh, take some time at the, at the tail end of your uh, your Christmas break and, and just uh, uh, talking with me and sharing your passion and knowledge uh, of coaching defensive line. And I know that anybody who listens to this today is better for it. So thank you, Coach, for pouring your heart into this and, and uh, giving us all some, some great stuff to, uh, to work with and to think about as we uh, head into this offseason. Well, thank you, man. Once again, uh, I appreciate the opportunity and um, anytime to be able to further the game and, and teach anybody else, man, I, I want to do that because that's what coaches did for me. So thank you once again. Big shout out to Coach Joyner once again for coming on today. You know, I always appreciate it when guys come on here and just really bring it and, and show you who they really are. And, and I definitely think that Coach Joyner did that, which is why he'll be a coach to keep your eye on in the coming years, I'm sure. So if you're at the convention this week and you do run into Coach Joyner, go dap him up, tell him you heard him on Keep Your Pads Down. I promise you he won't big dog you or anything like that. Also, be sure to follow Coach Joyner on Twitter. I'd tell you his handle, but it's probably just easier if you search for him by his name or check out the show notes for uh, today's episode for his Twitter handle. Also, his email address if you want to get a hold of him. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well, and that's at KYPD Podcast. And if you want to follow me, you can find me at CoachTaylor53. Our quote of the day is from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Whatever your life job is, do it well. Do it so well that the living, dead, and unborn could not do it better. And that's all for us today. Be sure to tune back in next Monday for episode number 43. Until then, coaches, keep grinding, pour into your kids, and make it a great week. And, of course, as always, keep the past down.